Well, hi, everyone, and thanks for listening today. We've got a great podcast with some of our favorite friends, as always, and I look forward to introducing them to you. So grab a cuppa, grab a comfy seat, get on the couch, do whatever you need to do. We're in for a really good session as I introduce two of our favorites, Anna Wimberley and Olive Punavai with us as well. And so we're going to get to know them a little bit more. And in this season of being mummies to two gorgeous children each. So we're talking about four children here today. (laughs) And uh, we're going to just talk a little bit about that season. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's so good. Now, I must confess up front this is done at night time when our brains are probably switched off <laughs> and uh, these two girls have had a big day being mum and with the t- kids and uh, so we actually need to do a big disclaimer for this podcast right up front so yeah. let's do that but uh, hey I'd love you to introduce yourself a little bit uh, maybe Olive will start with you just tell us a little about who you are what life looks like at the moment yeah give us a bit of a snapshot well, hello, I'm Olive and um, I am married to Anton who is um, our young adults pastor and together we look after our young adults in universities in Brisbane. Um, we have an older son who's just turned nine. His name's Elijah. And then we've just had our baby daughter, Eden, who's now five months. Um, so life at the moment for me is at home doing school runs um, up through the night doing feeds and yeah and then um doing church and family all in between yeah exciting days hey the night feeds yes yes very <laughs> you know i was telling someone the other day the things that i bought um you know when they used to have those tele ad commercials selling all sorts oh, of crazy yeah free yeah yeah, I bought ab rollers and, <laughs> and I'd literally yeah. forget because I'd buy them at 3 a.m. in the morning and totally forget that I'd bought them the next day and they'd just turn up on our doorstep <laughs> and I'd have to explain to Paul, go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was a bad night last night. So, yeah. That's awesome. Bad days. And we didn't have iPads or anything. We just had to watch what was on TV. Yeah. Uh, the old-fashioned days. All right, Anna, tell us a bit about yourself. What does life look like for you right now? Hi, girls. Well, I'm Anna and I am married to a beautiful man named Lamar and he's in, um, in architecture. He works full-time in the, out in the marketplace. And at the moment I'm at home with uh, two gorgeous girls, uh, one who is almost three. I cannot believe she is turning three in a matter of weeks and also a 15-month-old girl as well. So um, Eliana is uh, almost three and Eliza is 15 months. And my gorgeous Eliana has decided to drop her day sleep. So my day just got huge um, in the last couple of weeks. So I don't, I don't get a lunch break anymore, um, <laughs> which is, you know, it's stretching and it's, you know, go to woe from sunrise to sunset, but um, it's fun. They're gorgeous. They're, they're a great time. And yeah, just uh, church in, in the middle and catching up with people, um, you know, on with, with the girls as, as best I can um, meet with people in a meaningful way. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much what it looks like for me at the moment. Yeah, I used to love going to church and having small children and I don't think I ever made eye contact with anyone. Um, oh, it's, 
no, I, I came home from church the other day and I, I, I like to reflect on the conversations I have. I try and remember people, right, and the conversations. And I went, oh, no, I think I totally just ignored that person. We might have been in ha- halfway through a sentence and then you just I start running after Eliana or Eliza now because she's walking. So, yeah. <laughs> and, look, I feel for you girls, and I'm so guilty of this, that I see your children before I see you um, and I want to hug them and kiss them and it's like, oh, hi, Anna, I forgot yeah. about you. And hi. <laughs> so you're definitely in the season where your children are probably more popular than you are. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, they that's are fine. cute. Yeah. They are cute. Right. So that, that's where you're at now. That's, that's where you're yeah. at. Now. But mm-hmm. let's talk pre-mummy days. Mm-hmm. What did life look like then? Olive, maybe give us a glimpse. What was life like before babies, oh, children? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so probably life before Eden because there's a big age gap between Elijah and Eden. But um, So I was working full-time for a mining company, um, looking after a mine there and an accountant by trade. So that was a pretty um, heavy, time-consuming, long hours kind of job. So um, I worked right up until... Um, Oh, what was it? My, I think I, I had a day before I had to go in and deliver, get Eden, oh, give birth to Eden. So um, my mind was a bit of a haze. <laughs> um, yeah, so life was very busy um, outside, yeah, just work and then um, church in between. So it was very go, go, go um, for me. Um, and then also with Elijah who was at school. So, yeah, it was just very full, very yeah. full. Yeah. Didn't you just you say you had to do a presentation before you could give birth to Eden? Yes, yes. So we had a, I had a budget presentation due and then I think I was working from home, thankfully, but then just went into the office and then uh, I was kind of advised by um, my cardiologist that I had to give birth, uh, get induced, and then I had one day to process that and, yeah, that was some. Um, yeah. What I love about you, all of those, you're just so calm. I know. <laughs> well, I think I internalize all the stress. You can't <laughs> even, but it, it, there is stress at points. Well, you're making it look like so easy. Just, you know, so easy. All right, Anna, pre mummy days, tell us a bit about you. Oh, pre mummy days. Well, um, double income, no kid days. They were awesome. (laughs) My dink days. Um, I, well, yeah, I was living in New York doing ministry there and, um, yeah, got married there. And then we moved to Brisbane, um, my husband and I, and we, we've been here eight years now, which is wild, but, um, yeah, I kind of went from doing youth ministry and missions work, um, in New York, in Brooklyn to, um, God calling us back to Brisbane. It was between Brisbane and Melbourne. And we just really felt the peace of God was on Brisbane. Um, and God called me to uni as, uh, as yeah, a mature age student and um, Lamar and I had been actually trying for Eliana. It took us five years to fall pregnant with her 
So um, I ended up graduating uh, from, I did a human service degree and a writing degree, and then I ended up graduating um, pregnant with Eliana. So, um, and then I came to work for you, Pastor Joe. <laughs> um, yeah, and I took on the uh, connections team. That's when I started um, in that role. And I think, well, I was probably, I felt pregnant almost pretty much straight away, didn't I? He came and apologised one day. The look yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. And I felt so bad that you yeah. were apologising about your pregnancy. Yeah. But it's so funny though because when I had an, the interview, um, not with you, but I was like, I just want you to know, like, we have been trying for a baby for five years. So, like, disclaimer, I did put it out there before before I was taken on. But, um, yeah, so I, I got to help. Um, build the connections team, which I absolutely love because people are my my jam. And then um, I had some maternity leave, came back, and then fell pregnant straight away. This time with again. Eliza. <laughs> so I came back and I apologized again because I had been back from what was it a month, I think. And then oh, I was like, I, "Yeah, I'm so sorry." <laughs> and then um. But what was awesome was in that time, though, between Eliana and Eliza, I got to be a part of pulling together Equipment and Power, which um, was something that had been in, I know, your heart, but also my heart, bringing more discipleship um, to the ministry. So um, it was a very full nine months with um, a, a little baby and and doing that. But it was it was incredible and awesome. So, yeah, snapshot. And for people listening, we've been very kind to Anna at the moment, but we're ready to pounce on her at any moment. <laughs> I say, come back, but that's all right. I'll just put it out in a public forum, but that's yeah. okay. I have no choice then. <laughs> um, so, okay, becoming mums, and, you know, obviously, Olive, you've got a bigger gap there as well and probably a little bit different circumstances when you had Elijah. But what surprised you about becoming a mum? Maybe that nothing could have prepared you for um, what surprised you? It could be good or bad or both. Anna, why don't you start? Sure. Um, I think one of the biggest things that actually surprised me was um, I remember early on, like, of course, there's you're tired and all of that. No one can prepare you for that. You've just got to ride that wave. But I think something that really snuck up on me was how much I missed Lamar and Lamar and me, like our time. And um, that was really, so I actually grieved that a little bit initially and um, no one told me anything about that, that that would happen. The focus is all the baby and, you know, you're going to be sleepless and you're going to be tired forever. And true, three years later, I'm still really, really tired. And, um, but I think that was probably something that really snuck up on me about becoming a mum. Um, was that how how different our time looked? And it wasn't because we'd still get time together, but it was just it was just different. And there was someone else there that we long we long for and we want and we desire. And it's not taking away from that at all. But yeah, we weren't just us anymore. And so I remember going through a period of kind of just kind of grieving that a little bit and coming out the other side though and and you you find a new rhythm you find a new normal and it's incredible but yeah I think that was actually a really big surprise for me not directly related to a child but to becoming a mum like I'm not just Anna 
wife I'm, and I'm mum now and what does this look like for us in our relationship? Because um, I really like spending time with my husband, you know. Um, he's my best friend. So and how that shifts and changes, yeah. Yeah, eating dinner together is not quite the same, is it? <laughs> Little people. What about you, Olive? Like what was something that surprised um, you about becoming a mum? Yeah, I think I'll have to say everything because when I first had Elijah, that was a surprise and then I didn't have Anton with me. So it was, I didn't know what it was to have time with just Anton. That that kind of came a bit later on. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, it was. And then when I had Eden, when we were pregnant with Eden, that was another surprise in itself because it was very different to when I was pregnant with Elijah in, in many ways, um, not just emotionally, but even just um, medically. We had different issues, mm. um, different stresses from when we had Elijah. So it's kind of um, if I could say everything, it would be everything. Mm. was a surprise, came as a surprise. Um, but it was really just I think it was just trying to um, find who I was in this new season as, you know, as a single mom, starting off as a single mom to then having Anton come into the picture and then um, and then with falling pregnant with Eden and, and that was a, you know, a real joy in our family. And then we had different issues with her heart. And so everything was kind of a surprise in a different sense. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, Olive, I'd love to talk about that because, you guys, it hasn't been just having a baby. We all know having a baby's hard. Um, you've had obviously complications just with Eden, not that you would know it to look at that child, mm. um, you know, just she just looks so healthy and just growing from strength to strength. But how have you overcome, you know, there's been a lot lot of doctor's diagnosis, probably a lot of reports that you just say, what do we do with that? Like how have you lived in that moment and how, how have you walked through that? Yeah, um, I think when we first uh, found out that she had heart problems, it was very early, 18 weeks, I think it was the scan. Um, but we were also, the reason we found out was we were there to look at the high risk that she would be Down syndrome. So we went there with one problem and then came out with a, a whole bigger problem. Mm-hmm. So that was um, that was a really hard day for me and Anton and probably to the point where we were just like we didn't have a lot of faith. We left that room and we were just really deflated. And, um, and then it was just really coming back to, okay, well, this is – this is the word, this is the truth. And and really we had a lot of great support, um, you know, yourselves and and a great community of people who are praying for us and encouraging us. And so that really helped us just kind of um, get out of that kind of hole of just going, oh, you know, magnifying that problem, but really just going back to, okay, God, we know what your, your word says and we're just going to keep declaring this miracle of our baby and and you know as time went through the the pregnancy and and the report was a bit clearer doctors were a little bit more confident we still hadn't really seen a miracle but we had a piece that God was in it and his hand was on it and it's just coming back to that place going okay God like 
we, we surrender this to you and we, we know that you've got this and um, it's really just coming back to the word and really coming back to that place and, and, and just giving it to God and, and just believing that he'll come through um, in this season. And even in the hospital, that was a really tough time because it was when she was born, it was like we were waiting for a surgery date and it just felt like there was no progress and just felt like we were in this storm but not knowing not knowing when the storm would be over but it was but we knew in our we knew that God was close all through that and um it's just really coming back to that place of okay God like we know you're still here you're still faithful and it's just declaring everything that his word says over and over again and yeah that's really kind of how we pulled out of that yeah side it's powerful. I went to visit Oliver and Anton in hospital. Actually, I've done yeah. both your families in hospital. Mm-hmm. But I remember going in to see Oliver and Anton before Eden had her surgery and I think Anton was holding Even, and he just uh, just had a little tear running down his eye holding his little baby. And here I'm I trying to encourage you guys and I burst into tears <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, look, you preached just, I think was it last week or the week before, Oliver, and, you know, when some people preach a message and I thought you're actually, you've lived this, you talked about the altar and, you know, bringing things, what happens at the altar when we meet God. And I thought, oh, you've, you've lived that this season. That's been your season mm-hmm. of coming back to the altar. And it just is such a testimony through your lives. But we're believing for miracles, absolute miracles um, in Eden as well. All right, then. So let's, let's, let's lighten it up a bit because I might start crying again as well. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's, let's talk about what some of the, best advice or worst advice that you've received maybe as a young mum or, you know, raising your kids? Anna, you got any good or bad advice that people have given you? I actually think the the best advice actually came from you oh. and I've actually shared it with a bunch of people um, and it was around the first 12 weeks. You were like, just don't don't try and have a routine or do anything for the first 12 weeks. Just, um, what is it? It's sleep, feed, awake, sleep, feed, awake. And like, it was actually like literally like the, the best advice because I am, you know, a bit of a routine. (laughs) I like, I like order. Um, you know, anyone else out there, please. Um, so, no, that was actually, like, really in – it actually grounded me for both girls, like, in those first 12 weeks because they, they are, like, nothing you've just ever experienced before and will never experience again unless you have another child. Like, um, so that was probably the best best advice. Um, I didn't get any, like – I can't think of any sort of, like, bad advice, but one thing – Um, that took me back was that everyone, even strangers at the petrol station wanted to give you advice. And I think that was like, whoa, okay. Like, like the minute they see you pregnant that, you know, people just want to just lavish you with their advice, Um, which I I found that quite overwhelming at times. Um, But I can't, I can't pinpoint any like really dodgy ones. Um, but yeah, I did find that overwhelming because it was just everyone everywhere all the time. Oh, you're having a baby. Let me tell you. Um, 
And I'm like, okay, great, thanks, awesome. Um, but I can say I took your advice, Pastor Joe, um, put it in my back pocket and kept it, yeah. <laughs> Good. And did people rub your belly? Strangers rub your belly? No, I actually didn't have that. I was so surprised. I actually had, um, like, people would always ask before they touched my belly. So I don't know if I give off a particular don't touch my belly belly vibe (laughs) Um, or you better ask before you touch my belly, but I actually didn't have that. Did you, Olive? No, I don't think I had anyone touching my belly with that. I did. It was weird. It's very intimate. Yeah. <laughs> I do get That's people. That's a little space. Yeah. I do get people like they, um, strangers just kind of talk to Eden. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah, not not me personally. But What about you? You had any good or bad advice? Yeah, I think one of my best advice came from you, Anna. Oh, um, me? Yeah, because, <laughs> so you're going to say Pastor Joe. Well, it probably flows on from Pastor Joe. But, it probably does. Um, but, yeah, I, I like like yourself, I like order and um, Eden doesn't really care about my order. <laughs> so I'm learning learning very quickly to, to go with the flow and I think it was, you know, just, um, you know, if I don't get to the washing, it's okay. So um, in that. I need to be okay with that. So it was just more go with the flow kind of if it doesn't happen, it's okay. Um, I haven't really had any bad advice, but I've had people who don't have children give me advice. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's bad advice. But <laughs> bad advice. I really didn't take it on board. Oh, that's like a single thing. I don't want to know what they said. <laughs> I don't even remember, but I just okay. remember going, you don't even have kids. We had a single girl years ago giving um, girls in relationships, uh, uh, relationship advice. And I'm going, yeah, I wouldn't listen yeah. to her. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, let me ask you this question. Again, Anna, we'll start with you. What have you learned about yourself since becoming a mum? Like, you know, you go, wow, what have you learned about who you are? I have learned that I'm not as patient as I thought I was Um, and that my capacity, like I always considered myself a high capacity person and I've actually think I've met my match. Like on, no, I really do. I, I have never felt so to capacity and I, and I've done some, done some stuff. Right. But I have never felt, so like full like capacity is that there's there's no room for anyone else or anything else um and that's been really actually shocking for me like it's actually been something I've had to go I hope this passes I really hope this passes because I don't know how I can add anything else to my life like well how I'm going to crumble I'm I'm not going to be able to do anything else so um yeah that's actually been like I can't remember the question, but I hope I answered it. No, what have you learned about yourself? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that I I do have a limited capacity um, and, and yeah, I can't just keep going and going and going and going and going and going because, one, I have, I, I have to wake up the next day and there's two people that actually need me to be the best version of myself for them Um and so that's been something that I've really learned and that, yeah, I, I have a fuse that like can, can go off and I, 
I've had to go, oh, Lord, like, okay, I need to grow in this area. Like I, it's usually at 6.30 at night. Like I've been amazing all day. Like I'm, you know, but then at 6.30, just before bedtime, I hope there's other mums out there like this. Oh, but, man. you know, <laughs> but that's like been shocking to me that, ah, oh, I really need, I have to grow. Like I have to grow my, my, my inner self has to get bigger even if it's just that awareness of this half an hour time slot is my trigger is my trigger point. It's that last bit of the day, um, and Lamar works long hours, so you know more often than not, I've done you know the whole gamut, um, and so I've really had to learn. Okay, I if there's a time when I honestly need to draw on the Holy Spirit, it's literally this last forty minutes, half an hour of the day where I just need to say. Holy Spirit, like, fill me. And it's literally probably why I'm brushing one, one's teeth on one lap and the other teeth while she's on the step stool, you know. But Holy Spirit, just help me end their day with so much joy and so much love, even if they're as rambunctious as they've been, you know. Um, they seem to peak at that time. I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, Universal. But, yeah. But, no, yeah, so sincerely, like, I... I do have a limited capacity and I can't keep going. I need to wake up and be my best version for my girls first and foremost. Um, and, I, and I have had to grow in my inner man, you know, particularly at that trigger point for me in the day. Um, yeah. That's good. What about you, Olive? What have you learned about yourself? Um, whole journey. Yeah, I think um, I'm learning that that I can overcome things with God. Um, before I used to kind of really kind of had a really negative mindset about, oh, man, I don't know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But, but on the other, coming through the other side, I always kind of go, oh, man, like, God, you helped me overcome that and push through in that. And and that it not and this is probably like going through labour just recently, pushing through that and then, um, having to be up on my feet again with Eden in, in, in ICU. It was just like I'm learning that I can overcome things but walking with with the Holy Spirit empowering me behind me, you know. So that's what I'm learning in this season, um, which was a totally different mindset to what I had having Elijah. So. Yeah, is it is it hard? Because I know for me it was... You know, it was always hard managing my expectations versus the reality of I set the bar too high for myself. No one else did. But, you know, what I wanted to achieve and who I wanted to be and all these things. Have you ever experienced those kind of emotions as well, you know, just setting your own expectations so high? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, even even just with, like, I guess even in ministry with Anton, it, it's, it's always kind of like I always have this high expectation of of what it what it what I need to do alongside him, and he's always like, "It's okay, you don't you need to like put so much pressure on yourself." But but it's then just kind of coming to that reality. Oh, okay, this is a different season. Um, but yeah, absolutely, I've had those kind of you know, this is my expectation and this is my reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you want to speak into that, Anna, as well? Uh, yeah, I think that's it's just real, like, and 
um, I think that's something that I'm probably even now in this moment while we're having this conversation in this season going, okay, what? No, Anna, come on, let's just be real. Like what what can you do and do well, you know, and and taking those expectations off myself because I'm a, I am a doer. You know, I think, Olive, you're a doer. I think all three of us are doers. Um, but just going, okay, and again, just really leaning into the Holy Spirit and waiting on God to like for his yes on, on what I can do. But, you know, if I think it's probably only been this last little bit of my, I've only been a parent for three years and I think it's probably only been maybe the last six months that I've really just on the inside in my heart taken the pressure off. Um, whereas before that I would have had this like feeling on the inside, like I've got to be here, I've got to do this, I've got to, you know, and I want to. It's not that I don't want to and I still want to, but it's the expectation versus reality and and kind of just, yeah, just inside my heart, just letting that go enough to go, look, if honestly at the end of the day, if I never did another thing for Jesus, if I went home tomorrow to be with the Lord, he's, he loves me more than he's ever going to love me. I'm, I'm pleasing him more than I'm ever going to please him, you know, because I'm being just obedient right where I am and with what he's asked me to do. Um, but that's something that I've had to really just yeah. sit yeah. with God about, like, and it's, and it's really that freedom. In, I'm talking inside, like that little space in your heart, you know that feeling that that kind of just like breath has breath of God has come on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right. Well, we've started touching on this. So let's talk about what does our relationship with Jesus look like in this season, spending time with the Lord. And this is not trying to expose anyone, but I honestly, my prayers were so deep um, when I was a mother of newborns. It was literally like, dear Jesus, if these babies will sleep tonight, I'll go to China for you. Like literally, I felt like that was the depth of my relationship with Jesus sometimes. And then I'd go in the cycle of feeling bad that I was praying such ridiculous prayers and I should be an intercessor. I should be doing something. So can we have an honest talk about this? Yeah. Because, you know, I really want this to be freeing to people. Um, so, Let's just have a talk. Olive, do you want to just kick us off in this area? What does this look like, spending time with Jesus, serving Jesus, all these kind of things? Yeah, look, I don't I don't spend hours in the presence, you know, worship <laughs> music in the background. Um, no, look, it, for me it's kind of like little conversations throughout the day, not, you know, every five minutes. It might be while I'm feeding Eden Um but it wasn't straight away. I actually kind of had to switch off Netflix. Like I was watching Netflix, um, feeding Eden, and then, you know, still watching Netflix. So I actually had to turn off Netflix. And then it was just in the moment, those moments where I just kind of have a conversation with God. Um, uh, I find in the morning feed at 5 a.m. if I'm feeding her, that's when I kind of really I might say a bit more of a powerful prayer, um, <laughs> a bit more than just, oh, Lord. Can you pray for the nations. <laughs> um, not every day, though, um, but it, it is a lot of um, small conversations throughout the day. Um, 
and sometimes driving home from dropping lighter to school I might you know I'll have the worship music on and I might speak in tongues for a bit just to edify my spirit um and then maybe once or twice a week I might go to Manly and just walk and and that's really I just put on some worship music and that's really my listening time um but yeah I don't really have like a time slot every day where I you know block out two hours and you know lay under the presence of the Holy Spirit yeah it's just lots of little conversations um and then you know if I get eaten down for a good time I'll make a cup of tea and I'll read the word but yeah it's not a uh it's not a routine thing every day it's just yeah as time but yeah it's just small conversations throughout the day I I think you know the older I get you know I've walked further away from it's a pattern and it's it's systematic very much it was a tick the box pray these things and I think it's it's like you know having a relationship. I mean, it's different, obviously, then. But with your husband, mm. it's it's that quality moment. It's mm. I don't know. It's just depth. Depth mm. can come as you just walk with Jesus. And I just think, oh, he's so kind to us sometimes. Yeah. And I think, what are you doing? I always love that. I feel like this is this is me. You might not be like this, girls. That I've almost got to prepare myself to come into the presence <laughs> of God. I really, if I, okay, I should do that first, the Bible. And it's like, you know, he must be just yeah. find us weird. That he, <laughs> I know you. I know what's going on in your life. I know you. I know it's in your heart and your mind. And it's like, you know, all these kind of things that you feel you have to do before you can actually, uh, it's just amazing how God says you can't play catch up with. That's what he really spoke to me about. Mm. But I love that. What about you, Anna? What does it look like for you? I th- it's pretty similar to what it looks like for Olive. Like it's, it is, it's in the car. Like Eliana is deeply into Frozen at the moment. So let it go, had a bit of snowman. Um, so when we're in the car, you know, it's that's the request these days. But um, I just said, oh, not right now, Bubby. We're just going to do put some worship music on, you know, and I just find that it's literally those moments and I put the worship on and it's funny. I was, I was like, Olive, I'll just pray in the spirit just to edify myself. I don't need, it's literally just to edify myself. It's not about anybody else, you know, but um, I was praying in tongues the other day and Eliana's no, no, stop praying, stop praying. So she literally like would not let me pray. Um, and yeah, and then I just did it a little little bit quieter so she couldn't quite hear. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much what it looks like. And I think I think when I did have nap time, um, I would, you know, I'd have lunch and I would, you know, get my Bible out and everything. And I'd, I'd go to, like, read and, you know, have a good, you know, session. And then I'd end up just there with the worship music on going, oh, Lord, you know me. You just know me and I just want you to know I love you. And it's, yeah, so it's literally that's what it looks like. And like Oliver, it's the little conversations throughout the day. It's the little like just aware that he's there and that I can just speak to him or just incline my heart to him. Like I could be unstacking the dishwasher, but my heart is inclined to him while I do that. Um so yeah, it's nothing grand. It's nothing amazing. Um, yeah, and sometimes, 
sometimes my the only time I pray some days is when I put the girls down to sleep and we ask Eliana, what would you like to pray for? And she lets us know and we pray. And some days that's the only time I actually pray. That's the first time I pray that day. Um, but it's not to say that I, I haven't been with Jesus, you know, throughout the day. Um, yeah, so it's it's very similar to Olives in this season and um, it's taking the moments and it's, yeah. for me, it's really finding if I've got the five minutes here or the five minutes there um, and, yeah, yeah. I think it's that heart engagement where your heart is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think God is very aware of that. Girls, can I encourage it? It does change, you know, <laughs> as they go to school. But then it's actually a choice. Then it becomes a choice. I kind of find in this season for any of our mums of young mm. children listening, sometimes it's not a choice at the moment. You just mm. literally mm-hmm. have no time or emotional capacity. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point you do have a bit more time mm-hmm. and then you have to choose. Yeah. So it's always, you know, the test there as well. Um, look, let's let's talk about this because, you know, um, I, I struggled being called mum, hearing that word sometimes, mum, 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 Who knew they could say it so many times in 60 seconds? Like seriously? <laughs> and I just think some days you go, I don't know who I am. But let's talk about who you are because before you were a mother, God created you as women um, with your own identity and all that. So how do we not lose that? Um, just by being called mum all the time. Olive, do you want to maybe share some things or you're probably right in that zone right now? Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I probably do struggle to find who I am outside of mum and, yeah, Um Sorry, I'm just asking these questions. Oh, I'm kind of working that one out, to be yeah. honest. Um, I, think, I think sometimes the hardest bit is other people's perception of you. Like it's, it's like other people box you in, um, which is I find hard. It's like other people who used to easily come up to me and talk to me um, probably don't do it as easily now and and then vice versa other demographics who would never have spoken to me like we can talk for hours but so it is that sort of um I really think I've had to work through uh, how people how other people see me whereas for me on the inside I'm still Anna like I haven't I, I feel like I haven't changed and I think it's something I've kind of been a bit feisty about on the inside is that, well, my my identity isn't wrapped up in what I do. My identity is wrapped up in Jesus. Yeah. Like, so my identity is who God says that I am. And I've, I've fought to kind of keep that on the inside. Um, it's not wrapped up in what I do. I, I now can add mum <laughs> to my resume, so to speak, but um, but I think the part that I've struggled with is that, yeah, other the way other people mm. see me and then interact with me, I'm like, dude, I'm still Anna. Like, come, like, let's chat, let's hang, let's, you know, um, doors still as open as it was before, you know. So that's probably the part that 
I've struggled or had to reconcile is that the way other people see me differently now. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like I, I just like I was, I was a bit fussy about now. My identity is in Jesus. My identity doesn't yeah. change based on what mm. what my what my work is or what my role is or what my title is. So call me mum, call me Lord Mayor. Like it doesn't matter. Like I'm my identity is who Jesus says that I am. And that's the rock and the foundation that I stand on. Um, but yeah, it has been uncomfortable for me at times um, recognizing that other people see me differently and kind of just put me in these little yeah. you know, compartments. Um, but I just I had think, to let that go. I think that's also a bit of your life message as well is in identity yeah. and who I am. And I think I think one of the hardest things when you're in this phase, particularly if you're at home, I think it changes a little bit when you're in the workplace because you hang with adults, mm. which is just glorious sometimes. But it's self-talk. It's actually really conquering, mm. you know, um, you know, what you listen, you know, of yourself, the voice that you're going to listen to that, you know, you're never going to get out of this, mm-hmm. this is the rest of your life, all of those things. I probably had to battle that a lot in myself mm. to actually go, you know, and this is what I want to tie into because this is tying to the call of God as well because sometimes it's so easy to feel like this is your, this is your whole life, mm-hmm. your future, your destiny, I'm stuck mm-hmm. in that place. Well, you know, how, how do you perceive the call of God in this season as well? Anna, did you want to speak into that? Yeah. Um, oh, look, the call of God, it's such a big, <laughs> big term, isn't it? Um, I think for me I have I've kind of come to this reconciliation that God has given me gifts, talents, and abilities, and whatever season is presented before me, that's when I use those gifts, talents, and abilities. And um, and also tied into that is, okay, what is God speaking to me about this particular season? What's my act of obedience in this particular season? And that's going to look different for every mum. Do you know, every mum of young kids, that's, it's going to look different. And I think for me, answering the, the call to obedience is what it looks like for me in this season and um like my makeup is like people like just give me people and I'm happy um although I have learned being a mum my capacity is (laughs) a little bit more limited than it used to be (laughs) um but so in this season I'll go to the park I'll walk down the street and mums will talk to me and give me their phone number and just want to catch up with me and go to the park. Like I've literally probably had about 10 people do that, just strangers. And like, so that's, that's my call in this season. It's, it's the people at, at church, you know, in our connect group that he's given me. That's, that's what I'm called to in this season. And, and primarily I've got two really young little girls who need me to be the greatest their greatest champion like speak life into them like and they're strong girls and like the Holy Spirit just said to me like I want to keep their assertiveness but for them to have a teachable spirit and so my call in this season while I've got them is to I've got them so much I should say is to mold their heart um so 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it's 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 taking everything that God has given you and whatever is before you at that time, use those gifts um, in that in that season. And that that's what it looks like for me right now. I love that because I think, you know, that doesn't change. Mm. It never no. changes. So what about you, Olive? Do you want to add anything to yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd agree with Anna on most on all of that, but if I was to add anything, like I don't think the call of God changes, but it might just look different in mm. every season. Um, whether your role is, whether my role is now a stay-at-home mom or whether I go back to the workplace, um, you know, like for me and Anton, it's always, you know, ministry is our heart. But so even in this season at home, it's whatever capacity I have to 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 reach out to, to to our leaders or have someone over for dinner or lunch that that's still out working the call of God but it just looks different in in this season um but yeah um yeah absolutely just being obedient and but you're just walking it out still not holding not you don't withdraw from it but you're still walking it out mm. but in a different it just looks different yeah I so agree and I love that in, I love the fact that in seasons like this, you discover the simplicity of serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love that just with the gifts and the call he's given us. Like we've talked for a long time already, girls. So <laughs> we'll try and wrap it up a little bit. Um, maybe give us some keys, just, you know, whatever, on overcoming, you know, in these seasons. Like all of you've been talking about a lot about overcoming with Eden, just some of those things. But overcoming tiredness, overcoming our emotions, overcoming you know the self-talk what are some keys that you use to overcome in your life maybe olive do you want to speak into that um i have a big cry (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) i have like the realest conversation with god and then i just cry for ages and then i come out of it and he's just the peace that i was looking for the that slow like that slight five minutes of rest Mm -hmm. um that's one key that I have. Um, um, but, like, yeah, I think for me overcoming has just been remembering his faithfulness and his goodness even to this point and then that's what kind of stirs me on to push through um, to, to get up the next day and iron uniforms and do the lunches and all of those what's you know mundane things mm. and, and me and Anna have had this conversation we feel like we do a whole lot of nothing mm-hmm. um same thing but, different day yeah. <laughs> so it's just sometimes for me it's just you know what god I'm going to stand on your faithfulness your goodness and I'm just going to keep going today and and you just master today that's mm. it awesome yeah. I love it. Anna, what about you, overcoming keys? Oh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, because I think, yeah, in me in this season, my my emotions have been wild. Um, I've never, Joe, you've, Pastor Joe, you've experienced them firsthand on the couch at one point, um, but they have. And I think um, I think the, the loneliness can get really real as well, just having the people with the meaningful conversations and, and sometimes your confidence can get battered. You know, you haven't you haven't um, done the things you normally do, and so you feel like I don't know if I could ever do them again. Um, just being real, you know, can I ever speak in front of a crowd of people again, or whatever it whatever that is for 
you know, our listeners, your your um, your vocation, your work, whatever that is, your confidence can get a bit shattered. So I, I've been experiencing that firsthand and I've just really had to come back to, like, actually I'm looking at it right now. We have a whiteboard in our bedroom um, with just scriptures on it and, and goals and all that sort of stuff. But there's one... Um, one um, um, thing on there now and it says your confidence will follow your focus and for me that's just something that has reminded me every single morning I wake up it's like Anna what are you focusing on are you focusing on who God says that you are or are you focusing on the thoughts that say you can't do this remember the last time or you haven't done it for so long or whatever whatever it is so for me it's it's coming back to okay who who does God say that I am um and getting the scriptures out and God you haven't given me a spirit of fear but of power of love and a sound mind um and just and whatever those scriptures are for me the word is always my anchor and and so I find finding the scriptures for my season and putting them before me is probably a major key. Aside from the big cry, I do the big cry. I had a big one the other night. I actually had to like just go sit on the couch and just have a big cry. Um, but but always bring it back to kind of like what David did, you know. He had his wind, he had his cry. He was real before God. He got his emotions out. But then he came back to, but God, you said. And that has been the last probably 20 years. The biggest key for me is, but God, you said and um yeah yeah it's powerful i know um i have a chair in my room and um that's where i sit and spend time with jesus so i know when mm. i sit in my chair that's my time with the lord and quite often i have a cry like you girls but the problem is i'll come out and paul and sam just look at me <laughs> and you can just see them like oh no what's wrong with mom? what's wrong with joe and i go it's all right I've just been with Jesus yeah. and they don't know what to do with me. They just look at me and like, oh, they don't come near me. It's just like I repel them basically because they're freaking out that I've just been in tears. But sometimes you just need Jesus though. Like yeah. your husband can't yes. do it. Nobody else can do it. Like when I had my cry the other night, we just live in a two-bedroom apartment at the moment for the listeners, but like I was on the couch and I just needed to be with Jesus and I just needed to cry and Lamar came out and I said just give me some space like go back to the bedroom give me some space I just I I love you but I don't need you I need Jesus right now um and he was like okay and he like creeps back <laughs> and then I had to kind of apologize when I <laughs> the other day I think I'd planned my day and it was so funny. Sam went out and I thought, great, Paul will go out soon. And But as Paul went out, Sam came home and I went, I just wanted the house all to myself. <laughs> hey, that's just even a luxury. I still don't yeah. Yeah. All right, let, let's, we're going to wrap it up real mm-hmm. quickly because one thing I do honour you both for is um, – your heart to raise your kids in the house of God. And uh, while that sounds very romantic and uh, glamorous, I know firsthand um, it's a nightmare sometimes and it means Mondays are terrible usually. I'm trying to recover from that. But can we talk into, I don't like to use the word balance. I I don't think you ever get your life in balance. You know, uh, that sort of denotes that there's spinning plates that we're always trying to balance. But I do like 
talking about prioritizing or intentionality. Mm. So how have you prioritized your life to really, you know, take your family on this God journey as well? Maybe Olive, do you want to just speak into that? Yeah, um, we, we don't compromise on Sundays. We Sundays is we go in the house and we go twice on a Sunday. Um, but we've, I mean, we take Elijah and now Eden, but before Eden, we would take Elijah everywhere, um, whether it was to a youth meeting or church meeting or um, even the meetings. And so he's probably at a point now where he's like, oh, we have Connect? Okay, let's go. Like, you know, he's he loves the house he's on it and he um, he loves kids' church and, you know, that's a credit to the kids' church on its own. But, um, yeah, we, we prioritise Sunday. We don't... Um, we don't compromise on anything when it comes to Sundays. And um, in this season with the, with the new month, newborn, um, it's more um, if we can get to anything outside on a Sunday. Oh, no, so we prioritise Sunday and connect group. And then um, if anything on top of that, that's a win. That's a plus. <laughs> I love that, prioritising. I remember taking kids to church particularly on a Sunday night, and I knew uh, Josh was always tired. He'd run around in a circle and <laughs> lose his mind, as all good church kids do at some point. They lose their mind and I'd be up the back with a kid just running around in a circle like it was bizarre. And we'd get home and Paul would go, oh, my gosh, wasn't the presence of God powerful? <laughs> move. And i go, I wouldn't know. Your son is running around in circles up the back. But there is something to be said, we just go, we don't talk about it, we don't discuss it, and you raise kids in the house. What does it look like for you, this intentionality or prioritising parts of your life to include God, Anna? Yeah, well, again, church, we've decided from the get-go that we would be in church um, on a Sunday and we call it, we we say to Ellen, guess what tomorrow is? It's church day. She's like, woohoo. So we make it like this thing that we get to do. We don't have to do it. We get to do it. Um, and we pick out the clothes, you know, the night before and we wake up and we say, guess what? It's church day. Um, so we make it exciting and it's fun. And um, yeah, so and then the same, like, well, we, we do connect group on um, Zoom at the moment, but, um, yeah, we, like, on Sunday we all caught up, you know, and she caught up with everyone else in the connect group. Um, yeah, so we just say it's we're going on the journey together that um, what that looks like at different parts of our journey, will, you know, look different as well. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think with this whole thing, like I said, it's not about balance. I think every season needs different focus points. Yes. I always yeah. ask the Holy Spirit, all right, maybe there's one child that just needs some focus at mm-hmm. the moment or mm-hmm. one area that needs focus. Yeah. Still do what you do, but, you mm-hmm. know, I think the Holy Spirit is so good at making us aware yeah. of those focus things. Look, mm-hmm. I want to thank you guys. I, I and also want to celebrate you because you're just such incredible women of God and uh, you're leading in this season, whether it feels like you're at home navigating no nap uh, for a three-year-old um, or whatever it may be, I just I commend you for having a heart for people, a heart just to raise your kids in the ways of God. And that looks different for every person. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that you're doing it with your own convictions, your own intentionality, and uh, I, I just want to honour you girls. You're mighty women of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is a season that you are raising other humans 
Uh, but the world is yet to see, you know, these mighty girls step forward into all that God has got for them. So I just want to say thank you for being part of this. And I hope it's a blessing to everyone listening as well. And so we look forward to coming to you again for another Favourite Friends podcast. Bye.